0: what's your position podcast may contain adult themes sexual discussions and strong language we want everyone to be educated but we are intended for a mature audience listener discretion is advised on today's episode we're talking with dr Lori Mintz about pleasure sexual communication and the orgasm gap you want to hear a joke <laughs> yes. always what did the clitoris say to the vulva <laughs> what, what? It's all good in the hood. Yeah. (laughs) And now, with love from Huntington Beach, your host, Ashley
1: Weller. Welcome, fellow humans, to another Full Frontal with What's Your Position podcast. I'm joined today by the darling Mia and the husband Kevin Weller. Hello, Hello. humans. Hello, yo. yo. Uh, we have an amazing guest on the show today. Uh, Dr. Lori Mintz is joining us, um, and we are trying a new format out. We're going to do a little chit chat about the guest, and then uh, we're going to play the uh, the interview that we did, and then we're going to do a little wrap up um, about the guest. So, give us some feedback if you are so inclined to do so. Little. Bit about Dr. Lori Mintz before we get into her interview. Um, she is a feminist author, a therapist, a professor, and a guest speaker. And her life's work has been committed to helping people live more authentic, joyful, and sexually satisfying lives. She is a tenured professor at the University of Florida. She teaches human sexuality to thousands of people. Um, she also mentors graduate students in research, helping them find their niche in psychology. She's published over 50 research articles in the academic field and six chapters In different various academic books. She is also the author of two extremely popular books, both written with the aim of empowering women sexually. The first one that she published was called A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex How to Reclaim Your Desire and Reignite Your Relationship. And the other book, the one that we're focusing on today, is called Becoming Clitorate, Why Orgasm Equality Matters and How to Get It. And she did a lot of research on uh, a, a phenomenon that she has coined the orgasm gap. Husband, Kevin Weller, mm-hmm. you were not present for the interview with was Dr. Mintz. You were at a work event, which is excused. You're excused. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. What do you think the orgasm gap is?
2: Uh, That's the kind of like the disparity between male and female orgasms during intercourse.
1: Okay. Um, How big do you think it is? (laughs) (laughs) Phrasing.
2: Between like who? Like hetero male and hetero female. Uh, Like 28%. Okay.
1: Um, This leads me to my stat of the day.
3: It's the set of the day. Ooh. It's the set of
1: the day. Ooh. I know that you can't see me. It's the set of the day. We're all dancing. Yeah, we're all dancing. <laughs> Every time this song plays, I just move in my chair because it's such a good vibe. The stat that we're going to discuss right now is the disparity between masturbation and penetrative sex,
0: okay. resulting in orgasm. Resulting
1: in orgasm. Okay. So it is widely known that men orgasm pretty commonly. Right. They're all hovering in the 90th percentile, whether Mm -hmm. it be from solo sex, masturbation, um, sex with their female partners in long-term relationships, Mm -hmm. sex with their female partners in one-time casual hookups, uh, sex in friends with benefits or sex in a um, bisexual or gay relationship. Men Orgasm, people with penises orgasm 90% and above. Yeah. In almost all of those categories. When we look at a person with a vulva and a clitoris, uh, those percentages are stark. It's insane. Yeah. Like, I learned a lot today. So from, did I. From our time. I with learned Lori so much from Dr. Mints. Dr. Mintz. Dr. Mintz. Uh, Lori, we love her. Um, in first time hookups, people with vulvas orgasm less than 30% of the time. Yeah. In long-term relationships, people with vulvas orgasm about 65% of the time.
2: That's what I was going for in that answer. Yep.
1: You were close. Yeah. When people with vulvas masturbate, how what is the percentage of women who come regularly from masturbation? And how long does it take them to get to orgasm on average? And I would like husband Kevin Weller to guess first. Um, What percentage of women orgasm from masturbation?
2: 89%.
1: And how long does it take on average? Two to five minutes.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I know the answer to this question because we talked
1: about it. You do. So you're not allowed to answer, okay. unfortunately. Is, we, already, we already know the answer to this question and it is in the it's, segment that you're yeah. about to hear. Mm-hmm. Please make sure that you go to that. It, it blew my mind. It blew my fucking yeah. mind. It's actually, like, it actually
2: might be a good way to do it. Like me not listening yeah. to part of it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: you, you figure out, you like, in the dark. <laughs> just Yeah. I'll just fire off some like random <laughs> stuff and then you guys can listen and see how I do.
1: I just think that it is fascinating the the absolute obsession we have with male pleasure in our society and how much focus is placed on ejaculation And on orgasm in general, Mm -hmm. I try to make it clear to people and to my students that orgasm should never be the end goal. That should be a prize, a cherry on top. It doesn't have to be the reason that you have sex. Sex is about so much more than orgasm. Orgasms are fantastic. I love them. They make your entire body feel like you're fucking high. I I mean, it's just a great feeling. Your body contracts. You have all these, like, pulsations everywhere. You... Your brain kind of goes fuzzy for a minute. You're just sort of floating in this little cloud of joy. And, mm-hmm. and your body's releasing all the happy chemicals. All the happy chemicals. Yeah. and it's You'll have your, a great night's sleep. God, from, yes. your, head, <laughs> from your head to your Anxiety toes. Anxiety goes away. Anxiety is gone for it's a great. second. It's really great. Yeah. I highly recommend orgasms to everybody. Highly recommend. Highly. I would, I would prescribe, prescribe orgasms. Yeah, if prescribe. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lori is somebody who I have admired for a very long time. Um, I read her book. uh, And then when I started teaching human sexuality, I assign her book in class. And I told her um, this. I I have students that come up to me, uh, both male and female, and thank me for assigning this book. And it's always interesting to me when the men come up to me and talk to me about Mm -hmm. this book. Because I think it really shifts something in their brain about how to be a better partner right. and give more orgasms. Because, uh, and Dr. Mintz talks about this. Um, it sucks because we put all this pressure to orgasm. And so when women don't, men feel like failures. Yeah. yeah. Or they just don't give a shit. And they're like, I can.
2: You know, it's weird. If I if I have sex and it's a not as good experience for me if I come and the girl does it. Mm-hmm. I hold like the girl orgasming over me, that's a better experience.
0: Cause he, now that's, cause and he, that's where every <laughs> man's head should be. Right. But not everyone thinks like no. you, unfortunately. Right? And <laughs> it sucks.
2: But I don't know what it was when I was younger. It's like my first girlfriend when I was like 15, um, her sister-in-law got us like a sex book, like positions and like, but a lot of things about like the G spot and stuff like that. And then I was like, wait, I figured out how to make her come the first time. And then I felt all this fucking power and I was like, <laughs> yeah. yes, I'm so powerful. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: exactly. But then I remember when you are we, putty in my hands. But I remember the first time we had sex, I, I, you no, know, maybe I was 14. Um, I lasted like, 15 seconds (laughs) and then we went again and I asked like 30 seconds and I'm like and then but it was in that moment I remember it was dark in her bedroom I snuck into her bedroom like her so sneaky right I went through the window oh uh, my god and that was the first time we had sex and like we had sex twice and I lasted for a total like 45 seconds and I was like I just remember laying there going like this isn't
1: gonna work. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta,
2: gotta fix, do something
1: about that. I gotta that. fix this. This is. <laughs> I gotta figure something out. Right. This is not. Uh, this is not great. I gotta say, you are a giver of orgasms. It's one of your. It's one of my favorite things about it. <laughs> <laughs> I try. I, uh, I may have disclosed uh, in the interview oh. a, a little bit about uh, just your absolute joy in giving orgasms. It's I talked about compersion and about how. Um, You just really enjoy giving people pleasure. And I think that if both parties are focused on making sure the other person's pleasure is achieved, Mm -hmm. I feel like you have a much more cohesive sexual experience. Right. When one person goes in thinking, well, I'm going to come, so that's all that matters, like – or if one person goes in thinking, I'm not going to come, so I guess it doesn't matter, yeah. right? Like if, yeah. if both of you are focused on the other person's pleasure, then no one's pleasure gets overlooked. Right. Yeah. And I think that that is a really important way to view a sexual experience. And it doesn't always have to be about penetration. Yeah. We, um, I was t- <laughs> we sometimes just do oral sex. I told her sometimes you're just like, I just want to eat you out. Like, I just want to go down on you. Can I just go down on you? And I'm like, the (laughs) fuck? Yes. Never going to say no (laughs) to that. Yes.
2: Because why would you? Give me five minutes and
1: I'll be ready. But like, if you really get down to the the nuts and bolts, it really is about making sure that your partner is pleasured. And I think that that is where the orgasm gap lives is that we don't prioritize women's pleasure a lot of the time. Uh, So we're going to take a quick break um, and we're going to give you this incredible interview with Dr. Lori Mintz. Um, where we discuss vibrators, we discuss uh, masturbation, we discuss discuss religion uh, and religious, um, what'd she call it? Religious shame? No, oh, spiritual oh, abuse. Sh- yes, that. Spiritual abuse. Um, we also talk a little bit about the difference between intercourse and sex and how they should be separated. They are not one and the same. And then we talk about our stats on orgasms. Um, come right back. We've got Lori on the other side of this break.
3: Goodbye, bridges, good vibrations, my love, so excited. Good, good. vibrations, my love, so excited. Good, i <laughs> good. Good vibrations, good, <laughs> my love, so excited. She's somehow close enough now. Softly smile, I know she must be kind.
1: Welcome back, fellow humans, to this amazing Full Frontal of What's Your Position podcast. We are being joined right now by sex therapist, Dr. Lori Mintz, who is a feminist author, therapist, professor, and public speaker. Her life's work has been committed to helping people live more authentic, meaningful, joyful, and sexually satisfying lives through the art of science and psychology. Welcome, Dr. Mintz. How Thank are you? you? I
4: am so excited to be here. Thank, Thank you for you. having me on your show. You
1: so welcome. I I learned of your book um, through a colleague of mine at Chapman, Dave, um, and he suggested that not only do I read this book becoming clitorate, um, but that I assign it to my students because of how impactful and how powerful this book is. It is life changing. I've had students, um, men and women, um, anybody in the LGBTQ community, um, come up to me and say this book changed their life. It changed the way they see pleasure. It changed the way they, um, treat themselves and their partners. Uh, they've given the book to people as gifts. Uh, your book becoming Cliterate, is, I, I hope that you understand the impact, um, and the power that it has, because it is one of the most well-written, friendly, um, Easy to read and yet so full of information. Books about sexuality. It's very approachable. So anyone uh, who isn't necessarily um, comfortable with sex or comfortable with talking about sex, this book is so welcoming and uh, and it's so easy to read. I, I just absolutely love it. So thank you for writing it. First of yeah. all, uh, well, how did you how did you decide what was the brainchild around <laughs> starting uh, a book about the clitoris and uh, the the clitoris, the clitoris, and um, and how how to be more open and more understanding of pleasure. What was your driving force?
4: Well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. I just have to say, like, I'm just my heart is beating fast. I'm overflowing oh. with joy. So thank you because I wrote it to help people. So when I yeah. hear that it has, it just warms my heart. So the the brain, the reason I wrote the book was because, like you, I teach undergrads i teach the psychology of human sexuality to hundreds of students a year and i was the first year i taught that class which was i think about 2011 because i moved universities and part of why i moved was to teach this class and i was so surprised these the the people in my class you know did not know about women's pleasure they didn't yeah. know about the clitoris Um, A lot of the people with vulvas in the room felt broken. A lot of the men felt inadequate if they were trying to pleasure a woman. And I'm. Older, I'm in my 60s, so I grew up sort of when everybody knew about the clitoris. Really, there was like a little period of
1: time where that was true, and uh, <laughs> just a little, just a little. It kind of come, the knowledge comes and goes, just a and, blip, and then somebody was like, "Wait, they're learning about the clitoris? Stop! Shut it, it down! Shut <laughs> down! <laughs> Stop <laughs> this <laughs> madness!" Exactly. Damn, <laughs>
4: Let's put more images of women having wild and fabulous <laughs> orgasms from penetration right. alone. Get you know.
1: <laughs> So how fast can we make women come in two right, seconds apparently exactly
4: with no warm- up and Ooh. just a penis and so yep. so I was just like, wow, a whole body of knowledge has been lost to this generation and I actually started calling them at the time the most misinformed generation about sex ever mm-hmm. even because I and they agreed I was like, you have sexual images all around you so you think you know things, but it's false <sighs> That's and
3: Point. So I, st-
4: I started teaching a lot about the orgasm gap, about the vulva anatomy, about orgasm, about pleasure. And I would get about vibrators. I, and I just sort of retooled the class to be a little more self helpy in a sense. <laughs> and um, I would get notes, like lovely notes, like I no longer feel broken. Thanks to your class. I'm orgasmic. Oh. Thanks to your class, my girlfriend's orgasmic. And I thought, this just cannot stay in my classroom. My classroom can't be the only group of people who don't know this. So that's when I got the idea. I better, like, I want to put it out there in the world. Spread the word. Yes.
1: Spread the labia and (laughs) spread spread the word. (laughs) I love that. Can I steal it? You can steal it. Take it. Sometimes <laughs> these little brain pops come in my head and people are like, can I take that? I'm like, absolutely. It's yours. You oh my it. gosh. Oh, Friendly Friendly. Friendly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, you mentioned vibrators and masturbation and I think that you're not, you You are absolutely hitting the nail on the clitoris. There is legitimately a lack of knowledge about self-pleasure. Um, and I do... I think I'm like channeling you, um, when I teach, because I do a lot of education about masturbation, um, about anatomy. I do a quiz before I teach, I, before anyone meets me, I send them a little, um, a survey and I ask them, what do you want to learn about? And I list like 18 lesson plans that I have pre-made and, Anatomy is inevitably the last one. It's like nobody wants yeah. to learn <laughs> about anatomy. And so I come into the first day of class and I teach them anatomy. <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah. Ha, ha, suckers. <laughs> you're <laughs> learning, about, learning all about, about the body, body, and you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> like, but I think that we have a generation of two I think two generations. I think mm. my generation, um, and then also Gen Z, I think Gen X and, or Gen Y or millennials or whatever you want to call them, and Gen Z are really unfortunate because of abstinence only education in this country. And I think that they took away this idea of here's how to masturbate, here's what a vibrator is. And now vibrators are like sent in discreet boxes. And if you go into a sex store, I remember the first time I, the first time I went into a sex store was with my now husband because he was flabbergasted that I had never owned a vibrator. I didn't know that. Yeah. Kevin took (laughs) me, husband, Kevin Weller, who is normally on the show. Um, he took me to buy my first vibrator and it was pink and we called it the captain. And (laughs) (laughs) I had dated a man before him who told me if he ever found out that I masturbated, he would break up with me. What? What? Yeah. He said, I should be the only person, the only thing that you're having sex with. And I don't remember having good orgasms with this guy. And my husband now gives me mind blowing orgasms and knows exactly where my clitoris is. And I think that By introducing toys and vibrators and masturbation, we really can expand our knowledge of our bodies, um, but also we can show our partners what we like. Um, Can you speak to the importance of not only owning a vibrator and knowing how to pleasure yourself, but also that frustrating miscommunication in relationships um, where penis owners feel threatened by the idea of a vibrator?
4: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I just resonate with everything you say. And I'm, I don't know who dumped who, but he was no good. I'm glad you have husband Kevin Weller now. Who me gets, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, first of all, let's, I mean, let me just start with self-pleasure, then move to vibrators, then move to, to men and enroll in some anatomy there that first of all, self-pleasure has gotten such a bad rap over hmm. centuries, especially for women But when I'm a sex therapist and the most empirically or scientifically supported technique to help a woman learn to orgasm is sending her home with instructions to masturbate. It is, it is, it's science. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because every woman's vulva is, has the nerve endings are just a little bit different. Everybody Mm -hmm.
1: needs something different. Every woman's vulva has a different, um, space between the clitoris and the vaginal opening and yes. isn't there some science I'm almost positive you taught me this that there is a correlation between the distance between the clitoris and the vaginal opening that is related to whether or not a woman can orgasm from penetration
4: yeah exactly because the I mean first of all only anywhere between four and eighteen percent of women orgasm from just penetration it's not where the clitoris is but People whose clitoral hood and glands are closer—they actually measure it to the urethra. Don't ask me why, rather than the <laughs> vagina. But th- that distance is is predictive of being able to orgasm during penetration, which makes sense because a thrusting penis in a vagina is—if n- it's the farther away it is, the less likely it's to move the the hood and the lips. Um, mm-hmm. Although Cher height has a great metaphor about it all, anyway, she says, "If if you pull on your cheeks, or I'm sorry, if you pull on your ears, your cheeks move,
3: mm-hmm.
4: right? But if you want your, oh. see it right? But if you want your cheeks to move, why don't you just why don't move you just shit. rub your cheeks? <laughs> yeah, hello, hello, <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> you know so." So knowing our anatomy, knowing what the way we like, what we like to be touched, how we reach orgasm, that's the first step to orgasming with a partner. And the bridge is communication, right? Te- show or tell your partner what you need. So many of us, share um, Height found this, a recent study with uh, Portuguese women found this, less than 2% of women masturbate solely by putting something in their vagina less than 2%, about one5 The rest of us either use straight up clitoral stimulation or clitoral stimulation combined with penetration. Yet when with a person with a penis, we think, oh, that's how we should orgasm. It like makes no sense. So there needs to be a bridge. So you need to know what you have, know how you like to be touched and communicate. And here's We know from um, research, right, that women who use vibrators have easier and more frequent orgasms. We know that male partners who endorse vibrator use have um, more satisfied partners. Um, In fact, there's so many articles now coming out for physicians telling them how to talk to their patients about vibrators and saying like, For some people, it might help to call it a medical device rather than a toy, because it's got so much scientific support. Now, for other people, that might make them feel pathologized. You want to, you know, but it is—it is is a medical device. It has that much support in the literature. Mm -hmm. And here's something I just learned. I wish I'd known this when I wrote *Becoming Cliterate*, but I learned it from a urologist colleague of mine. We have special corpuscles in our vulvas. Um, that respond to vibration, like they are sensors Whoa, in the what? skin that respond to vibration, yes, and they're in the penis as well, and that is why a lot of women, people with vulvas, don't have an orgasm till they use a vibrator because our we're designed to respond to vibration, and so are penises. So when I talk to couples where the man's resistant, you know, because He's been misguided that he thinks, you know, his penis should be the be all end all. And I can talk to him about, you know, you can have more fun if you don't have to worry about that and thrust hard and last long. And I say, and guess what? You have these corpuscles too. So if your partner is using her vibrator on herself during intercourse, or if you're just kind of parked down there while she's using her <laughs> vibrator, you're going to catch Park some it. vicarious vibrations.
1: Vicarious vibration. That's so interesting. That's fascinating. But like, that's but creepy. it makes sense. I there's a, an amazing. It's called um the screaming O, and it's a cock ring, and on top of it is like a little. Oh, like it vibrates. It's like a, a, little, a little tiny. It's almost like the shape okay. of a pill. And you turn it. So it's like a late, like a uh, stretchy and it fits over um, a penis and you put it on the base on down to the base of the penis and you turn on this little pill. And so this cock ring vibrates on a penis. And then when he thrusts where the pill is, should get close to the clitoral hood and the clitoris, or at least vibrate the labia um, and the outer, uh, the, the outer area of the vulva and the vaginal opening. And it's, intense and both me and my husband both enjoy this because and now i know why because we both have these vibrating corpuscles that are like give me the vibrations good, good vibrations
4: here's a funny story the vibrate that i that one isn't the only one they have other ones like that and some of them like the the part that's um hits the clitoris is longer than others, you know, because oh. sometimes like they make them and it's like, they're too short. They're not really reaching there. Yeah, especially, reaching if you, if, especially if you got more than an inch, you know. You're but, vibrating but, my urethra. This yeah. is, Now I have to pee. <laughs> but here's a funny story. I had a favorite one of those. And one year I gave all my friends one for the holidays for <laughs> Hanukkah Christmas. I'm gonna
0: do that. That's a great Christmas present.
4: It was way more than a stocking stuffer, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> a stocking stuffer.
1: That's for sure. Cool.
4: <laughs> and they loved it. I was like the most popular friend that year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if you want to make friends, you know, you want, want your friends to be happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Word to my friends who are listening you're getting a vibrator for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I actually give vibrators, um, those those sc- unofficial sponsors, Screaming Oh, um, they're not expensive. They're like $6. They don't last very long and you can't change the battery. So once it's done, oh, it's done. done. Oh, it's uh,
4: okay. It's like a disposable. It is.
1: Yeah. It's like a disposable okay. vibrator. But uh, I buy like six at the beginning of the semester and then I have contests throughout the class and they can choose a Starbucks card because I don't want to assume right, right. that anyone wants a vibrator. Uh, But let me tell you, I have way more Starbucks cards left over at the end of the year than I do vibrators. That's for sure. sure.
4: I'm sure you're drinking lots of coffee
1: yourself. (laughs) (laughs) With my vibrator. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about religious shame. Um, I had a um, an individual call our hotline, which for anyone who would like to call the hotline, it's 513-6969-SEX. That is the phone number. Um, if you wanna call and leave us a message, I absolutely will give you a shout out on the air. So shout out um, to the individual who asked this question. So um, they wanted to kind of understand why religious uh, shame has been so prevalent recently um, and how religious shame can be undone in the bedroom, what we can learn um, from Uh, our bodies and from medical science um, and how individuals who are still involved in religion and still involved in their church uh, can maybe navigate this idea that um, sex is not for pleasure, that women don't need to orgasm to have a baby. So what's the point? Um, Or that men's orgasm is more important than women's orgasm because a man's orgasm equals insemination. So could you speak maybe to religious trauma and maybe to how individuals in Inside religion, um, can maybe get some some grasp on some science or some some medical data that might help them move forward with their pleasure.
4: Yeah, no, that is such a good question, and it's such a tough one. And i I have many clients who have had to work through that shame. Mm. Um, I have to be honest; few of them have stayed in the church that shamed I, yeah. them. Um, a lot of them have remained spiritual, religious, mm. believing in. Um, a higher power, Um, but most of them have left the shame environment. Right. But it is so, I mean, it is so prevalent and it's, you know, it's like purity culture, right? It says mm-hmm. it, it goes so deep. Like, A, we're dirty. B, in fact, even it's, you know, we're responsible for men's desires, we're responsible if we're sexually assaulted. Um, it's, It's and it's also, even though that's so deep in purity culture, purity culture has made its way into mainstream culture, right? Mm. Some of that, which I think is why we're seeing more shame because there's more and more trickling out of messages that I'm seeing. Um, and so what I'd want to say to those people is first of all, that is um a client and I, i'm not i didn't coin this term i wish i remembered who but i'm working with a client who says i've been spiritually abused oh that that is a term Whoa. out there and you know so just
1: me chills like because yeah. i grew up in the church and and i i too have been spiritually abused i am no longer in the church because of the ridiculous amount of hypocrisy and and the absolute Inability for people to just answer a simple question, like the 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 refusal to answer questions about my body or my desires, or you know, I, it blew my mind. The amount of shame and sexual guilt, and you're gonna burn in hell if you have sex, and you're not worthy. You're a uh you you're a fl- like we we took a rose in my youth group and passed the rose around. And they only had women or girls at the time pluck a, a petal. And then if a man held the flower, he just held it. And then it, if it got to a girl again, she would pluck a petal. And by the time it got to the last guy, the rose didn't have any more petals. And the analogy there was um, every time you have sex with someone, you're removing a petal and your flower will eventually just be a dead stem when you get to your husband and your husband isn't going to want you anymore.
4: Oh, that's I've heard so many stories like that, but that one's one of the worst. I'm just yeah, sorry you went through that. yeah but, I mean that because those I mean people go through that right when they're young and and these are authority figures saying this, so mm-hmm. you yeah, know, of course you mm-hmm. believe it or you internalize it, and so you carry that shame, and then i've I've also talked to a lot of um people raised that way who then did get wait till marriage, get married and then they just couldn't turn off the switch. Oh sex is was bad, my whole life. Now it's good. So the shame still stays. Yeah. So what's the solution? It's a lot of work, just like overcoming any abuse, you know. You can do some sex positive readings, you can see a therapist and I'd suggest one who's sex positive and knows about spiritual abuse. Um you can there is a great I'm not, there's a wonderful woman online. I don't know if you've heard of Rev Bev,
3: No. yeah.
4: Oh gosh. You gotta, you gotta Google Rev Bev. She's okay. got a YouTube ta- channel and Rev Bev is an ordained minister who basically debunks all the sex negativity and talks about how this stuff that we learn isn't even in the Bible, for example. She's got videos about how the Bible isn't, against self-pleasure. She's got one video where she's dressed up in like a whip and a chain talking about... <laughs> oh, my King, God. Um, I love that. With her cross on. Hell, yeah. Um, so, you know, ta- sex-positive religious figures are great. Um, there's also a book called Mirrors of Intimacy, which it isn't religious, but it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it does, it gives you a meditation a day oh, that wow. kind of debunks some of this um, negativity from using us from a spiritual point of view. Like one of them, I remember it was like, the you know why our hands can touch our genitals? Because that's what God intended.
1: Uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> They really are like perfectly <laughs> right. They're a perfect fit. Aren't
3: they? they go right down there.
1: Like standing, I'm going to stand up, and I literally can touch my clitoris with my hand. Like right, it's a perfect fit, foot, but I can touch my clitoris. So, right.
4: so, so the that kind of thing. Also, sometimes what helps people is understanding that you know not all religions believe the same thing. So, how do you
3: mm-hmm.
4: how do you explain the this fact, right? You know, for example, you know, I'm going to go off. And if you want to edit this part out, absolutely not. We don't okay. edit here
1: at What's Your Position? Okay. We, okay. We
4: don't. okay. So, we don't. abortion, for example, uh-huh. I'm Jewish. Jews, but be- Jews. Say, the Jews, Jewish religion but,
1: is so open to so many things that, like, the Christian religion isn't. And please we, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Jesus? Jewish, yes, yes,
4: and the Jew and Jews believe that um life begins when the child takes its first birth outside its first breath outside mm-hmm. of the womb. so Jews are not against abortion, it's not against our religion, right, so sort of finding and not all um not all that's just one example, not all religions are against masturbation, right um, so also like kind of talking to people like you know, how can so many different people have different beliefs that could open the idea that there isn't one right way. There isn't one truth. Right. Um, Unless someone wants to choose to believe we're right and everybody else is wrong, which Which is part of the
1: asinine. Like you can believe whatever you want to believe, but please understand that other people believe other things and that is okay. Like that, yeah, It fascinates me when I get into arguments with people about religion and I'm like, you know that we came to this country to escape religious persecution and now you're persecuting people for their beliefs. And just because you believe one thing does not mean the whole rest of the country has to believe that thing. There is such a thing as separation of church and state or there used to be there used Um, to be doesn't seem to be going that way anymore. Unfortunately, Uh, And I think that what I think what you're speaking to is is so important to remember, um, to exit your echo chamber to exit your comfort zone, Um, really go out and discuss topics with people who are in a different religion than you or who aren't religious at all, um, or who have had a different upbringing or um, different education. It's really important to expose yourself to different ideas so that you can continue to learn and grow and become a better person. If you are stuck in one place with one group of people for your whole life, you will never learn anything new. Yeah. And it's, I just, it's so important to me to, I love sharing like different, I I assign my students media. I don't necessarily assign textbooks. So I assign your book, I assign Justin Lee Miller's book about fantasies, and then I assign podcasts, and I assign movies. And now I'm going to assign Rev Bev and her YouTube videos.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. She's incredible. But it really just
1: helps them, like, come out of, like, they're and they're in college. So you know they they lived at home. So they lived in an echo chamber their entire life and now they're in this new city, this new state, this new college, this new country and I want them to be exposed to as much information as possible. Um and I think that that what you're speaking to is is so important.
4: Yeah, and it it really it is shame is the enemy of sexual mm. pleasure. And you know, we you know, back to science. Science can tell you that you cannot have pleasure if you're up in your head feeling <gasps> bad about yourself. Yeah. Science can tell you that masturbation is physically and psychologically healthy.
1: Please, it, can you list some benefits of masturbation?
4: Yes. Uh so first of all, it teaches us about our bodies, which is psychologically helpful because then we can um you know, know what gives us pleasure. Masturbation-induced orgasms release the same feel-good chemicals as partner-induced orgasms. So we sleep better. Mm -hmm. We feel a sense of peace and calm.
2: Mm
4: -hmm. Um, It's really good for vaginal health um, because it keeps the muscles, you know, tight and not tight, but, you know, in use.
1: use. You don't want atrophy in any muscle.
4: Right. So it, it does that. Um, there's some evidence it's good for bowel and bladder health. Oh. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be good. For, there's some evidence it's good for skin health. Wow. Uh, these for are new immu- things that I didn't know. Immune health. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, there's uh, the, in my first book, I have a whole chapter on the, the health benefits of sex. And they they include these masturbation ones. And there was a, um, there is a white paper by Planned Parenthood many years ago, and it went through every single study showing health benefits of sex. Now, there's been more since then, but it's it's a fabulous paper. If you want to really deep dive into all the health benefits of orgasm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love I love telling um Everybody on this podcast who's listened knows that I'm a huge, huge proponent of masturbation. We love masturbation here. at What's your position? Uh, We love oxytocin, we love dopamine, and we love serotonin. So um, all of those things are released when you masturbate. And they are the happy chemicals. And we want more of these chemicals. And you know, when you have an orgasm and that's, that's another frustrating thing. So, um, there are some people listening to this show who have never had an orgasm. Um, can you give us some statistics on, uh, the orgasm gap? So when people are having orgasms, who they are and when people are not having orgasms and who they are.
4: Oh yeah. that That's awesome. I would love to tell you that. Um, So the orgasm gap is the consistent finding in the psychological literature that when cisgender women get it on with cisgender men, the women are having fewer orgasms than the men for the first study that found this um, was said. 39% of women versus 91% of men always or usually orgasm during a sexual encounter. That's insane.
1: 39% of women versus 91% of men. And when we're talking about cisgender, just for the listener who may not know, that means you identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. So if you were born with a vulva and the doctor said, this is a girl and you grow up and you're like, I'm a girl. And then you grow up and you're like, I'm a woman. You are a cisgendered woman. Same goes for men. So if you're born with a penis and a doctor says you're a boy and you grow up and say, I'm a boy and you grow up and say, I'm a man, you're a cisgendered man. The, uh, uh, the, The difference of that would be if you were born with a vulva and a doctor said you're a girl and you grow up and you say, actually, no, I'm not. I'm a boy. And then you grow up and you say, I'm a man. That would make you a trans man. Because you're tr- transitioning from the gender that you were assigned mm-hmm. at birth. So, right. just to deconstruct Thank that piece you. of information, yeah. um, but also because it's, I think it's a mind blowing amount of people don't understand. So, you said the original literature said this. Has there so, been recent findings? Huge.
4: Yes, huge. Oh. So, more findings find that. That get like that study didn't ask the context of the sex. We now know the orgasm gap is the largest in hookup <gasps> sex. It's massive, oh, massive. That oh,
3: makes like, sense. Uh, what is
4: it? Well, I did a study that was fifty-nine percent of men versus ten percent of women. <laughs> That's
0: laughable. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Fifty-nine percent of men orgasm in a first-time hookup. In a yep, and Why? then ten percent of women.
4: women. Yep. And then it gets smaller in friends and benefits. It gets smaller in relationship sex, but it rarely closes altogether. It only mm. closes under some circumstances, and that's when, in addition to intercourse, um, or instead of intercourse, there's oral sex, manual stimulation, vibrators, deep kissing, um, all of that. But is it different?
1: Is it different across different relationships? So like heterosexual women versus lesbian women? I'm
4: getting there. Good question. (laughs) So a lot of people say, oh, well, the orgasm gap is because women's bodies are difficult or elusive to make orgasm. Well, two other (laughs) gaps tell us this isn't true. First, when women pleasure themselves, 95% reach orgasm easily. And in four minutes, which is the exact
1: four minutes,
4: (laughs) which is the exact amount of time it generally takes men to reach orgasm during masturbation.
1: I have a hilarious story that's. Yeah, I was explaining to some coworkers. Me and Mia were telling some coworkers at Happy Hour yesterday that we were doing this podcast, and we said, "Oh, we're doing a podcast on the orgasm gap." And everybody at the table was like, "The fuck is an orgasm gap?" Nobody's (laughs) heard of that. I was like, "Let me explain it to you." (laughs) And then I told them what you just said—that typically it takes a person with a penis, four minutes to have an orgasm. And one guy sitting at the table goes, who the fuck is out here lasting four minutes? He's like, that's, that's a, a long, long time. time. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So it's like when we touch
4: ourselves, we do, it's the same. But as we know. To, yeah. And back to your sexual orientation question, there's been a lot of studies that show that for men, It doesn't matter. Your orgasm rate is the same whether you're bisexual, heterosexual, or gay. For women, orgasm rates vary by sexual orientation. With heterosexual women the least, Mm. uh, lesbian women the most, and bisexual women in the middle, but closer to heterosexual women. And one really small but brilliant study sheds light on this. And that is they did a study with bisexual women who were hooking up with women and men. And when these women had in first time hookups with women, they said they orgasm 64% of the time in first time hookups with men, same, now listen, same woman, same body, 7% of the time with men. Oh my
1: gosh. Oh my God, God.
4: that's crazy. What does this tell us? It tells us the problem is not our bodies. The problem Uh. is the way we do
1: heterosexual sex. So what I'm hearing you say is when women, when people with vulvas are hooking up with other human beings, the orgasm happens depending on the person we're hooking up with and their knowledge of our body, anywhere from 80% with lesbian women, right? Is that the right number? Uh, um, I,
4: I'd have to look at that. I don't remember. but I think it is in the 80s. It's like 84%. It's in, it was David's exactly, study. Yeah. yeah, I think it was yeah. 84% for down lesbian to- women. I think it was like 62 or 63 or 64. I can't remember with um, heterosexual women.
1: And these are people who are in relationships. These are people who are hooking up with someone repeatedly. So you are learning this person's body all the way down to 7%. But the same individual who is masturbating, the same individual who is pleasuring themselves is having an orgasm 95% of the time. And so it isn't about your body isn't broken. Please hear me. Please please hear me. Your body's not broken. You're not broken. Your clitoris is not broken. It is the way in which we pleasure ourselves and we know how to give ourselves pleasure that we need to be communicating to our partners. Do you think that lesbian women are just better communicators or do you think that they just take, I th- I have some personal opinions about this. I think that. Um, heterosexual women feel rushed during sex because once a penis ejaculates, sex is over, basically. Like that is, that's the norm. Once a guy, once a guy comes, sex is done and it's time to And so in four minutes, (laughs) you got four minutes, you better hurry up. And women are super self-conscious about their bodies, about how they smell, about how they taste, about what they look like. And so it's really difficult to get out of your head. And so I think there's a lot of psychology at play here. Um, I think that if there was, do you think that lesbian women are just more knowledgeable about the anatomy or more comfortable because that person has the same anatomy or do you think they're giving each other more time to come? What, where is the disconnect?
4: All of the the above. I think, I think, yeah, 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 all of the above and one other thing. Oh, good. So I think, you know, we know lesbian sex is, there's more time involved, Mm -hmm. not, it takes longer. We know it's more of a turn taking model.
3: Mm, I'll pleasure
4: okay. you, then you pleasure me, rather than heterosexual sex where everybody's supposed to come from at the same time during the same uh-huh. act. Which is ridiculous.
1: I want to do, do a study where we ask people, How often do you come simultaneously? Because I guarantee you that number is in the single digits.
4: Oh, at least. Yeah, because first of all, most of us women don't orgasm from penetration. Anyways. And you need to be mindful to orgasm. You're not like three, two, one, let's get it tied together.
0: You know, you it's like off. I mean the only way it
4: might happen is with the screaming oh or something like I that. Love- <laughs> And then the other thing is, so I think, I also don't think it's just because you have the same anatomy that you know what to do. I think since you have the same anatomy, you know, you need to ask that person what they want Mm -hmm. um, because you need to be asked. Mm
3: -hmm. And
4: I also think it's because in lesbian sex, penetration is only included if it enhances one person's pleasure. Right. In heterosexual sex, we revolve the entire act around that.
1: Yeah. I want to touch upon foreplay um, because you had said something once that kind of changed my life. I'm not going to lie. Um, you came and spoke to a class of mine um, and you said foreplay. You said something. It was like for we should abolish foreplay. Why is this? Why are we using oral sex as like an appetizer when it could be the whole meal? Like, why are we only why is penetrative sex the main course every single time? And that I changed how I had sex after you said I'm in my 40s. And I changed how I have sex after you said this to my class. So can you please talk about the bullshit idea of foreplay?
4: Yeah and it goes along with the bullshit use of the term sex and intercourse as if they're one and the same. You know like so we use sex and intercourse simultaneously like they're the same thing interchangeably then, yeah. interchangeably thank you and then we use foreplay as just a lead up that means the foreplay before the main event the mm-hmm. foreplay yet the foreplay is the act where most of us orgasm. And I think what I said to your class, and I say it in my book, is if women's, pl- it, and we do that because we culturally, I'm not blaming men, culture, we culturally overvalue men's pleasure, that we use those words. And I said, if we overvalued women's pleasure, we would call foreplay sex and intercourse postplay. Mm. Wow. And yeah. and I'm not suggesting we do that, but I am suggesting that I am. We consider. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I am suggesting that we consider everything sex equally for however the whole thing is sex, and I it, and that's I think why lesbian sex is more orgasmic. It's all sex, and you know we should consider foreplay, oral sex manual stimulation, clitoral stimulation, what this as important as penetration.
1: I wish my husband was here. And so he, I could, I'm still going to toot his horn right now. He, that man will be like, Hey, can I just go down on you? Like you don't have to do any, I just really feel like giving you oral sex. And I'm like, yeah. And in the middle of it, he'll come up and be like, he'll tell me how everything is wonderful and that and take your time. And this is so fun. And I'm having the best time down here. Don't rush yourself. Like, it, I don't even know how to be more grateful for this person. I joke with him. We, we've been together for 18 years. And I joke when people are like, oh, wow, what, you know, what What keeps you together for so long? I'm like, this man is the best fuck I've ever had. Like, I, I would never... Locked it down. never let him... As soon as the man gave me an orgasm, I'm like, I'm wifing you up immediately. And we've gone through ups and downs. And I joke that every time we're in a down, I'm like, yeah, but his dick is great. Like, <laughs> his oral game is on point, Ashley. Maybe stick it out. <laughs> because... And he focuses on pleasure. It is... And not everyone is built the same, but it he is someone who enjoys watching people be pleasured. And so have you heard of the term compersion? I haven't. Oh, God. Do I get to teach? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, my God. I'm Please gonna- do. I'm a little nervous. Okay. So, compersion is a term. um, I'm not sure who coined it, but Jolie Hamilton, Dr. Jolie Hamilton, who is on our podcast talking about um, consensual non monogamy. It is a term that is used in the consensual non monogamy community, but I think that it is a term that we can apply to other areas of life that are not necessarily about swinging or swapping or um, polyamory. Compersion is the idea that you derive pleasure from watching someone else get pleasure. So she used this analogy where she said, let's say you take a kid out for ice cream and you thought you brought enough money for two, but you only have enough money for one ice cream. So you buy the kid the ice cream and you watch them eat it. You might be jealous that they're eating an ice cream on a hot day and that you don't get to have any of that ice cream. Or you may feel intense joy and intense pleasure knowing that this person is enjoying an ice cream cone because of you and because you are giving them the ice cream that you could have bought for yourself. If you put that in terms of a relationship, um, in the in sense, in the. Consensual non monogamy community, compersion is used because sometimes it's difficult for people to watch their partner have sex with someone else. But people who enjoy compersion really have this intense satisfaction from seeing their partner enjoy themselves or get pleasure from someone else. But I think that we could also use the term compersion when talking about sex. And you don't always have to have both people come. You don't always orgasm doesn't have to be the end game. It can just be about experiencing pleasure and watching your partner experience that pleasure because of you. So if you just go into sex and say, I'm just going to manually stimulate you um, with a vibrator and with my hand. And when we're done, we're done. And it's not about me today is about you or taking turns. Like you said, I'm going to make you feel good and then you can make me feel good. And I think that compersion can be utilized in heterosexual relationships that don't have that that non-monogamous component.
4: Oh, I love that. And I I think, you know, you It's, it's, I'm going to give your husband the clitoris seal of approval. (laughs) He's (laughs) He's going to be
1: stoked. (laughs) He's going to be so happy. I want to buy him a trophy.
4: (laughs) I was actually thinking of doing merchandise that said like clitoris seal of approval, like a hat for guys, you know? (laughs) Um, I've also thought of like a dating app where you can, you know, I, I think someone is doing something like this, but like where you can only like the men can only be on it if they're like, a deemed clitoris, you know?
0: Oh um, my gosh. Take this competency test first. Here, do I, you I, understand where the clitoris is? Point to the clitoris point on a map. <laughs> yeah.
4: And I love the idea of compersion. And, you know, I, I also, I've been married 38 years and wow. I cannot, yeah. Ups and downs. Like marriage yeah. is hard, yeah. you know, but I can also say my husband is quite clitorate
1: as well. So. I would fucking hope so. Yeah. No kidding. Right. <laughs> yeah, he has the, clitor- the clit expert as his wife. So gosh, I don't, I think that that would be sad if he wasn't clitorate. Right. It'd be, it'd would, be
4: awful. But, but he was, he was clitorate. He was clear way before I wrote becoming Cliterate. <laughs> let's just put it that way. <laughs> Get it. <laughs> um, so
1: I want to talk about one last thing um, before we let you go and live your life. Uh, How can a woman learn to give herself an orgasm? I really want to touch on those who maybe haven't experienced an orgasm in their life or they're unsure if they they have. What are some tips that you have um, or some exercises that you give people um, to help them become orgasmic?
4: So first of all, you know it, a lot of times people will resist go home masturbate right so you have to work up to it right especially if you've been raised in shame you know so sometimes i'll start with you know just touch yourself differently in the shower like feel how smooth your skin is touch your breast a little linger you know get used to like the sensation of giving yourself pleasure in other parts of your body mm-hmm. you know um also um To decrease shame, I might send someone home with instructions to either watch OMG Yes, which is a video um, you can find online, a whole series of them um, about how women pleasure themselves. They have season one, which is external, season two, which is internal, season three, which is about toys. But start with season one or get on Betty Dotson's website, dotsonandross.com. Go to love the video. I love Betty. Yeah. Go to the video section and get, um, look at the vintage video section. There's one called Celebrating Orgasm. And it's it's Betty teaching women to pleasure themselves. So get comfortable, not porn. These are educational and mm-hmm. they'll show you things. And then just take your time. Don't set the goal to orgasm. Get some lubricant vulvas aren't meant to be touched dry put some on yourself on the outside of your vulva use your hands touch yourself in different ways see what you like um try a vibrator don't set the goal to orgasm just you know just enjoy yourself, and if you're having trouble, there's things you can do. Maybe fantasize, and in fantasy anything goes. We know this from Justin Lee Miller's work, right? We like most him. of us <laughs> have like fantasies that we feel ashamed of, but they're ones other people are having. Watch some erotica. I'm not talking about like porn that um,
1: is degrading. Is or degrading. Like there's yeah, some no.
4: porn. There's some erotica that features women's pleasure. That's listen cool to one yeah listen to audio erotica mm, read some I think some that is books.
0: so great audio erotica I it's, do too especially I, if you like you're trying to get just into watching more porn yeah or like just it's a good kind of like first experience because you're not watching somebody get like railed railed and you're like okay great that's, <laughs> cool. that's not really what i want that right looks now painful but just like having whispers you know can really help you kind of unlock the fantasies mm-hmm. in your own mind too yeah super cool yeah
1: auto i think i feel like audio is a great place for people to start and there's audio like but like people read erotica on Spotify, on
0: Audible. There's there's an app that's like specifically, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like specifically for audio erotica and Mm -hmm. like people record segments and stuff like that. And
1: what a great way to introduce yourself to that. That's so brilliant. And reading erotica, there's, I have something called the Brie Collection and it's about a girl who wants to become a submissive. So she goes to a submissive school and gets taught by like world famous doms and she has sex in front of people. And it's described very, very, very graphically at but in like a really educational, and actually, it's one of the most educational uh, books about BDSM that I've ever read. Cause most like Fifty Shades of Grey go fuck yourself. Get
3: the <laughs> fuck out of here
1: with that shit. Uh, this one's really good. Do you have any erotica novels that you recommend?
4: I don't off the top of my head. Um... I have some, but I can't think of the names right now. Having okay. If you think of them, send them to me and I'll put them in the show notes. Okay. And, um, you know, and just take your time, you know, and maybe if it's, you know, if it's not working, rework through the guilt. Um, I actually had one client who we did all these take-home exercises. Nothing worked, nothing. And I was like, I was stumped. And then she was going to New York City and Betty Dotson was still alive. And I said, go get a lesson from Betty mm-hmm. and like watch them. And Betty, you can't do that anymore. Although um, you can always see an orgasm coach. Um, Betty's partner still gives them. I mean, and, you know, usually people come, come on their own. But, you know, Betty's Crazy. videos, like she says things like rock your pelvis like Elvis, you know, <laughs> and like you might you might be holding your breath because you're uptight. You mm-hmm. might need to kind of try different breath work. You might want to try something like edging, which is mm-hmm. when you get really close to orgasm, and then you stop the stimulation and then restart again. There's so many things you can do, but in you know consider this self care, consider yeah. this time between you and you, um, it, and consider this a way of loving yourself and caring for yourself, mm-hmm. and you know dive on in and. You know, give it a try. You're you can be your own best lover,
1: and you're worth it. Yeah, you are worth Very, it. You are worth yeah. orgasms. You are worth pleasure. You are worthy of these things. And the, your book, if anybody needs a good book, becoming yeah. cliterate is so freaking good. So freaking good. I do want to
0: say too, like during the section, there's a there's a great picture in here that's just like a bunch of different vulvas. Oh yeah, I, I, oh I show that gosh,
1: picture to my classes, seeing it because like.
0: I mean, this was, I probably took the class in like my sophomore year or Mm -hmm. or freshman, second semester of freshman year. And um, I was just like blown away, like that That there was a picture in in this book. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Mine doesn't look so weird anymore. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Exposing yourself to like, like I said, get out of your echo chamber and get out of this idea that the vaginas that we see in porn are the vaginas that we're supposed to have. Like vaginas look. Vulvas are, I think they're so beautiful. I think they look like flowers. Personally, I, I've never seen a vagina that I've been like, whoa, I literally think that they are like snowflakes. They are all different. Um, No two are alike. And they are all gorgeous and worthy of praise and attention and, and self care, just like the rest of our bodies
4: absolutely and we have you know you just said oh mine's not so weird because the vulvas in porn are either digitally altered or a lot of the some of the actresses are chosen because Mm -hmm. they have even in petite inner lips some have had surgery um Mm -hmm. i mean vulvas look different and inner lips they give the vulvas their unique personality. You know, it's funny. Can I tell you a funny story about that? Please. Yeah. Um, so in when I was writing Becoming Clitorate in the anatomy chapter, um, I initially wrote, like, I have one inner lip that, that's bigger than the other, and Same. I was never mm-hmm. self-conscious about it, you know? But what that line initially said is, my vulva profile looks like a face with the tongue sticking out. And the book was in print. I'm not happy. And I woke up in the middle of the night with, with a lot of anxiety. Hmm. And I thought about that line. And I thought (gasps) my daughters are going to read that. My son-in-laws are going to read that. Like Thanksgiving dinner is going to be very uncomfortable. Uh, uh, So I called. My
1: vulva looks like pass a turkey leg.
4: (laughs) Exactly. So I called my editor. I'm like, take the line out. I, like, And she's like, no, you have to be brave because young Aww. women need to know this. I was like, well, let's just tone it down. Let's take out the real visual. Let's just say my inner lip sticks out. Let's get the tongue out of the mouth metaphor gone. She's like, I like that line, but fine. It's your book. I'll take it out. So my very funny and cliterate husband, Every time for a couple days, we would like, you know, run into each other in the kitchen or here or there, stick his tongue out of his mouth and just go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is incredible. Um, On that note, uh, we're going to say goodbye to Dr. Lori Mintz, who is. Just an absolute pleasure. Uh, just a beautiful human being inside and out. I cannot wait to meet you in person. Um, I I love, love, love your book. And I love how approachable and easy it is not only to talk to you, um, but to read your book. So thank you for sharing this with thank the world you. so much. We just well, love you and appreciate you.
4: Right back at you. Everything you said. So thank, thank you, you so for much. having me on.
1: You're welcome. Join You're right. us. We'll be back in just a moment.
3: Should be alone tonight, yeah, baby. Tonight,
1: yeah, baby. I got a reason that you who should. Dance. Welcome back, fellow humans. How'd you like our
0: conversation with Lori Mintz? I had such a freaking great time. She's <laughs> such a cool person. Yeah, So knowledgeable Yeah, and so humble. Oh my gosh. My God, like, the humility. Her, I know. Like, sh- I just want to like talk to her about like all of the research she's done. I just yeah. want to pick her brain. I, I'm, she's got I, some great... Nerd dad. out on it. Yes. Yeah. I want to <laughs> yes. nerd the fuck out Dude, with her. Oh my God. The
1: way that she was able to correlate everything I said into a, have, have a she scientific had a, answer. Yeah.
0: She had a lot of like really good backup yeah. for everything that we were talking Which about. Which is
1: super helpful when you're talking to people who maybe are, have spiritual abuse you know and have like existed in this realm of guilt and shame and existed Mm -hmm. in society that's toxic this toxic purity culture toxic masculinity we live in that right now and she was so when she said toxic purity culture seeps into every area of our lives. you don't have to be religious to see it oh very which is like why? It's, well, it's crazy. Like
2: everybody's so guilty about sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody. Sh-
1: I was telling her about <clears throat> so- the first time we went into uh, a, the first time I went to a sex store was with you, and you bought me my first vibrator. That's when she gave you the. The stamp of Clitorisy <laughs> approval. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
2: get hats or something. Yeah, <laughs> she was super I sad remember. she didn't
1: get to meet you. So yeah. uh, well, I'm
2: sure there'll be another time. In
1: the I'm sure she's actually coming um, out here in the spring to speak in person in our class. Well, so heck yeah. I know, I cried when she told me. I literally, literally, I, cried. I, welled, <laughs> up, I welled up literally. with tears. I was very excited. Okay, um, I really also think that that um, what she was talking about when it comes to how to orgasm was really important. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to give you a... I love that that recording has me snorting in it.
2: <laughs> I've never heard me that.
3: Going,
1: <laughs> I've never noticed.
2: It's no. Listener, go back and listen wait. hard. Wait, again. wait, wait. We're going to listen again.
3: I heard it! (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) because it's it's the funniest
1: fucking soundbite ever. I can't unhear that. Wow. Every time I hear
2: it it now, I'm going to be like (laughs) listening for it. I got it. Okay. Yeah.
1: So good. In her book, Becoming Clitterate, she has a chapter on how you can, um, be better about having an org, how you can learn to have an orgasm. So for the orgasmless um, individuals, which there are many, there are many women, there are many people with vulvas who have never had an orgasm. That is um, wild. It is crazy. And, and it's, it's not them. It, no, they are yeah. medically. And, and by the way, I'll go ahead. I'm going to give the tip of the day, but then I'm going to tell you the stats. So, um, If you have never had an orgasm, here are some pointers, some tips that Dr. Lori Mintz suggests. One, check in with yourself. Are you feeling guilty about pleasuring yourself? Reread the first part of this chapter, if so. If you didn't actually watch any of the videos, use lubricants, or follow those steps, please do so now. Invest in Betty Dotson videos or season one of Oh My God, Yes! to see the real women masturbate. Take out a mirror and look at yourself. Make sure you're being mindful. If mindfulness isn't working, try fantasizing. And you, husband, had a very interesting like correlation to uh, religious shame and trauma and fantasizing. What did you see the other day?
2: I can't remember exactly where what it was what kind of what page it was on on Instagram but basically uh it was from a religious perspective or somebody interpreting it this way and they basically said it's not like the sex or the masturbation that's wrong it's the thought the sin of the thought of the fantasies is <clears throat> what people perceive as um guilt ridden guilt ridden yeah so like, like fantasizing
1: about having sex with someone of the same gender, right? Or right. fantasizing about having sex with multiple people, which according mm. to Justin Lay Miller is the, number one, the yeah. number one fantasy in the world, yeah. right? And yeah. so if you fantasize about that and then or fantasizing about having sex with someone who's not your partner.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, they so just g- just, the just like that's the dirty thoughts of it mm-hmm. all is the bad part. The dirty. No. And you even dirty. said it
1: that they're dirty. dirty. They why are they dirty? Like what are you yeah. are you I don't in know. Mud? Yeah, why, are you why in is mud? that? Are you are no. you fantasizing yeah. about dirt? I mean. <laughs>
2: but yeah, I mean that—that that, that, I mean that's crazy. The the guilt that you mm-hmm. will feel, and you're like, okay, it's not like what you're fantasizing about is like bad or illegal. It's, it's not hurting it's anybody a no- else, no, right. it's a Fantasy, yeah. but you still feel that little twinge of like, oh god, I can't believe I thought about that.
1: Right, right. But <laughs> fantasies are a great way to get yourself into an orgasm state of mind. So, in order to help you get to the point of orgasm she has a couple of other tips inhale as you rock your pelvis up and exhale as you rock your pelvis down breathe deeply through your nose and your mouth Um, and some women like to breathe deeply and imagine that they are exhaling the air through their genitals pant in short rhythmic gasps hold your breath for several seconds at a time or for as long as you can until your orgasm approaches work on your pelvic floor muscles Um, rock your hips while you pleasure yourself, move around. Also see what happens when you lay still, switch up your legs position, open them, butterfly them, put one knee up, put one knee down, change the angle of your, uh, of your masturbation by adding a pillow underneath your bottom. Uh, try another position. Lie on your stomach. A lot of women have um, sleep orgasms, and it's because they're on their stomach, mm. and their hand hits their clitoris while they're asleep, and they may actually start having these rhythmic movements while they're sleeping. Wow.
2: <clears throat> we should have, if we can find a female that has corgasms. On, that'd be great. Oh, that would be amazing! What
1: is that? Oh, please, oh. please tell her. So,
2: a corgasm is oh, uh, like exercise-induced. Yeah,
0: I've seen those on TikTok. The, yeah, there's yeah. like a specific exercise you can do. Well, it's like, a lot of women have them when they like do sit-ups. Yeah. yeah, 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 or Sit like up, the leg lift one is right. like What I saw. So,
2: um, there's. I think they said it's like between 10 and 12 percent of women can have them.
3: Oh, interesting.
0: And they don't.
2: And obviously, they don't. You you don't know. But right. then it's they'll like, go in to do some sort of ab like ab workout where they're doing like leg lift, Mm -hmm. you know, core, obviously. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? (laughs) What is going on?
1: Um, And also try edging. Thank you, Lady Gaga. Um, Edging (laughs) is an excellent way to build an orgasm. See what it feels like in your body as the orgasm is starting to build and then pull back and give yourself a couple deep breaths and then come back to it and see if you can't get yourself to that peak again, and then pull back. Edging is a great tip for anyone. Doesn't matter what your genitals are. Edging is a fantastic mm-hmm. way to, um, increase the, uh, frequency of orgasms, increase the length of the orgasms, increase the intensity of the orgasms. Um, and it's also a great way really to learn about how they feel in your body, where they start, um, having different types of orgasms, internal versus external or a combined type. Uh, So really great, great tips in this book, um, for orgasms. So the stat of the day was that over, uh, most men, um, most men have orgasms 90% of the time, regardless of who their partner is. They are just coming all over the place, everywhere. Everywhere. Good for
3: us.
1: Good for you. (laughs) Good for you. Uh, Women, on the other hand, have a difficult time in a partnered situation. So in lesbian relationships, women on average will orgasm about 88% of the time. In heterosexual relationships with a long-term partner, women will orgasm about 64% of the time. In first-time hookups, women will orgasm about... What would she say? 13% of the time something? Yeah, that's That's a very low number. Set, like, I think, yeah. She said seven. I think it was seven. I think it was 7% of the time she said that women Dude, that's orgasm. that's wild. When women masturbate, they orgasm 95% of the oh, time. Oh, shit.
2: Okay. And wow. it takes
1: them four minutes.
2: Oh, so I was I was kind of close. You I were very close, close yeah, on
1: for close. sure. The Wait, can I,
2: can I ask both of you guys a personal question about masturbation?
1: No, we don't talk about personal stuff on this podcast Never, ever at all. Can I... Uh, of course you can. Yeah, got <laughs> it.
2: Okay, uh, and it, I mean, it just for the listener, and just people out there, um, I'll go first. Okay, when you masturbate, what percentage of the time do you watch porn, v- uh, versus just use your imagination? Okay, fantasize.
1: I would also add to that, what percentage of the time do I use a toy versus my hand?
2: I mean, if you want to split it up that much, but I just, I'm just curious about the fantasy mm. versus porn. Okay. And why. Okay. So I just say, for me, it's very, very low on the fantasize, you know, fantasizing.
1: You only do it when you have to, right? Like when you can't use.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, there's a couple other reasons, but yeah, I mean, maybe like 5% of the time. The rest of the time is porn. Why? Because it's much, much easier. It takes much less time.
1: Interesting.
2: But I noticed at points in my life when I focused on fantasizing, Uh when I masturbated, it was a much easier time orgasm uh-huh so i think it's just if you don't use it
1: you lose you it kind
2: of lose it, <laughs> right because but because porn is so have so you easy. ever thought
1: about like taking a porn break and going back to the catalog in your head and seeing if you can do it
2: i mean i sometimes go like two or three weeks without masturbating but i've never without done.
1: masturbating
2: yeah really yeah i can tell you off air <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, it's um, yeah, no, it's kind of just like challenge myself. I'm like, I can do it. Oh, okay, that's stop. good. Just
1: stop. Yeah, cold turkey. Yeah, cold turkey. Wow, wow, yeah. cold sausage.
2: Yeah, cold sausage. It's <laughs> very spit sad. everywhere.
1: <laughs> Mia, what is your percentage
2: of porn versus Um, fantasy?
0: I feel like a majority of the time it's fantasy. Um, Yeah, I think it's
2: completely different for women. I think it's flipped.
0: I mean, it's not like I have anything against porn, Um, but if I'm just like, I'll usually try fantasy first. And if it's not working, then I'm like, but I really just want to, like orgasm, then yeah. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna watch some porn. Yeah, it'll help me get
2: there. <laughs> yeah, right, because it's it's yeah. like an easy button.
0: Also, like it normally is. I masturbate
1: in the shower, and I can't you oh. bring my phone in the shower. So location, location, location. location. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Yeah. What is your uh, electric or acoustic? My vibrator is waterproof. Oh, <laughs> okay. So you're you're a vibrator yeah.
0: kind of a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so I'd say like 50 50. Okay. I just like if I have more time, I'll use my vibrator because then I have to like you know. Go clean it afterward, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. put it put, put it away. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just use my hands. It's, so, it's like a lot faster. Yeah. And Fast. you're in the shower.
2: You're yeah. just like.
0: Yeah. I'm like, well, we're already here. Yeah. We're already you're here. All, dude, yeah. I just
2: killed two birds with one stone. Exactly. Took like a shower and exactly. rubbed one out. I feel great and clean. And right. i like refreshed. I feel
0: like really accomplished <clears throat> after I do that.
2: Yeah. You're like, I'm ready <laughs> to tackle the day. The and day. I
1: came. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I did that. Pat myself <laughs> on <that. Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I would say I'm 50-50 porn and fantasy. And okay. I actually did this the other day. I was trying to fantasize. And I got really close and then I... I don't know what happened. I did, I lost it. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just watch porn. Like right. I'll just, I'm <laughs> no, the, right yeah, there. The I'm visual right helps
0: kind of yeah. like. Can
2: I ask you guys another question? Do you think, okay, so like I said, mine's like 95% of the time I'm watching porn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because it's much easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, You're also
1: a visual learner too. Yeah. And so I right. think we were actually talking with Dr. Mintz about different types of, of things that you can use to help you masturbate. Mm-hmm. Auto erotica. Yeah. Like yeah. listening to someone. Yeah. Um, or reading erotica some people are better when there's like uh, uh, like like letters in front of them and learn better that way um looking at pictures so like any sort of uh, like erotic art could also Mm -hmm. be a tool for people especially people who don't just want to dive headfirst into like gangbangs on porn like (laughs) it might be a lot easier to like hear someone read and then do you
2: you think and i think uh i should have said this earlier but i was gonna say i think women fantasize much more than men when it comes to porn. Uh-huh. I don't know what the actual stat is or, you know, I'm sure if you looked it up, you'd find I'm it. But sure
1: Justin knows. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> but I'm just wondering if it's because of, like, the shame around women's sex that they wouldn't use porn as often or is it just because Oh no. women... You know, because I feel like...
1: I can tell you exactly what it is. Okay. So right now, um, Pornhub is a wealth of knowledge, and they use their powers for good sometimes, and they put out some of the most comprehensive research on pornography. Who's using it? What's being searched? What's the most popular term by state, by country? It's very fucking cool. And they have now come out with stats that say 85% of the porn that you see is... In some way violent or degrading towards the women in that porn yeah. wow there is degradation what was that again? 85%, 85? of crap. the yeah. porn that you see has some sort of violent I mean that's anything from like a slap or mm-hmm. a hair pull Choke, or gag right tears so are these yeah. like things that people
0: are when they're going and searching for a video they're using these key terms they
1: could but even if you're just looking for anal penetration uh-huh. you still might see them pull her hair you still might see slap them slap her. her, her wow. yeah. Right. Okay. So I think that for, for me personally, I don't enjoy watching straight porn because it looks painful and I can't get past mm. how that would feel to me. Right. So when I watch a girl choke on a dick, I am immediately yeah, turned, that turned off. I don't like that. When I watch somebody like, um, pounding a girl so hard that she's like visually in pain, I'm like, that's not attractive yeah. at all. Yeah. I don't want to see that. That that could be me. So I think that fantasizing is a way for us to First of all, there's not a lot of porn that's made for women. Most no. porn is made in the male gaze, and right. so I think that's why most men watch porn. Um, there is ethical porn, and there is female centric porn. You just have to search for yeah, it. Balesa is a great.
0: Balesa, Balesa, Balesa yeah. oh,
1: I love Balesa.com. I, like Balesa. Balesa. I Balesa. don't go on Pornhub anymore. <laughs> Me neither. I just
2: use I just, I just use, use Balesa Balesa and it's free. Is actually, pretty good. I mean, I like. I've seen it. I'm like, well, this is great.
1: It, and it is great, and they're, yeah. they're beautiful, and they're just as raunchy. They're just as kinky. Mm-hmm. They're right. just as like. But like at least everyone looks like they're having fun. Well, yeah, nobody looks like they're crying. I can't
2: can't watch porn when the girl doesn't look like she's having, like, she's not into it. Right, right. You know, know, it's a really interesting thing on that topic. Um, If you type in uh, female orgasm Mm -hmm. in like Pornhub, it is next to impossible to find women.
1: I just want to say right now how much I love my husband because he's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he actually searches for female orgasm in porn. No, because oh, it's, okay. it's hot. Like I, yeah. I if, it is. if
2: the girl is not, if she doesn't look like she's visually like right. enjoying it, I'm like next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've and searched that for like, it.
1: Make you lose your erection. Like yeah. if you see somebody uh, yeah. getting hurt, you're like, right.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: <Never mind. laughs> And it's sad, just sad, sad trombone. Right. <laughs> uh,
2: and so if you type in female orgasm, it, <laughs> it's, it's hard. I know. Yeah. It's hard to find of porn where it's the girl. I mean, you can sometimes see if they're faking it, but I mean, usually you can tell you're like, that looks believable. Yeah. But it's, it's like next to impossible to find it.
1: Yeah. I agree and I think that it it speaks to the fact that most mainstream porn like I said is for the male gaze and the female orgasm is not prioritized no. and yeah. and porn is showing us the orgasm gap.
0: But it's like also when it is shown as like a female orgasm in like this stereotypical Pornhub porn it's like so exaggerated. Oh. Yeah. And, and they're not like and I want to
1: see the orgasm. And I, I think that's see what's see
0: contributing the, to yeah. the orgasm gap is uh-huh. like I should be having an orgasm like that. My yeah. orgasm doesn't sound right like you like, yeah. yeah. like that, so yeah. i must yeah. not be having
1: an orgasm exactly right, right. i don't think i've ever yeah. like screamed during an orgasm like screaming like mm. as yeah. as much oh, as they do like, in porn like yeah. like i'm getting murdered screaming right like, like, like no no but like <laughs> it, it's usually a guttural like yeah. really intense like good like when you get a massage like that's the noise that comes out of me right and and i think that they don't show the 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 vulva like pulsing like because you can see a a woman orgasm like if you if you stop the the contractions yeah and they like clamp down um or like the the female ejaculate that comes out like they don't show that and Mm so I think that if they showed more realistic female orgasms, people would have a better sense of what to look for and how to achieve it. Mm-hmm. But they just show a guy pounding the shit out of somebody, and then all of a sudden that person's coming. But are they like? Yeah, they're really just making noise. Yeah, you don't really know. So right. fascinating conversation um, with Lori. No, that wasn't a side track. Oh, okay. That was completely <laughs> correct. Fascinating. Um, uh, conversation with Dr. Mintz. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope that everybody learned something and took something from um, this conversation. Make sure you check us out on Instagram at What's Your Position podcast. You can also email us at What's Your Position podcast at gmail.com. You can also call us at five one three six nine six nine six. Um we need people to call us, you guys. Please call us. We almost Leave got us our, messages. We almost got yeah. our, our phone shut off because Oh really? Yeah, because they were like <laughs> your your Google phone isn't getting any phone calls. Please yeah. I had to have my sister call.
2: Yeah. I think <laughs> I mean more people prefer to DM you?
1: I hear you. Yeah, you can text me at 513-696-696. You, you can text me or call me. Do it. Um or DM me. I don't care. I answer everybody. I love you all so very very fucking much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening with us. Please help us close the orgasm gap. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.
3: Baby, am not a but you gon' have to wait. But
1: when you get it, lickin' like a candy cane. Keep your eyes on me, eyes on me, apply. Get it, don't be timid when you win it, fight.
3: Love a bone, live a lonely, leave it. So I don't wanna no drip, baby, spread like a man. Over on the spicy baby, jump up on it that's why you like it baby come and get this it. takes a lot to inside me baby give it all you got i'm a tough cookie, come baby on. get the right that's side pop it baby twist it on it.
1: What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.